Hi, I'm Jen Schwartz. This is Think Fit, Be Fit. This podcast is all about not just doing fitness, but being fit. The boutique fitness industry is booming. And one of my desires for this podcast is to help the listeners be a better consumer. It also helps my clients in the studio because when they realize that every workout is creating opportunity or opportunity cost for joint injuries and wear and tear, they spend more time, energy, and resources into finding the right stuff. And with muscle activation techniques, we can see uh, how the body responds to certain exercises and certain routines and certain stresses. So naturally, I want to have uh, everybody having fun and finding their flow state within their exercise. And I have to bring up the small group training or boutique fitness industry because it's a big part of the market these days. Personally, I'm fascinated by what draws people to the, a certain fitness culture. And it just really sparks a lot in my brain. So this is your guide produced by me, written by me, uh, on different types of boutique fitness. So the user's guide to boutique fitness, strength training edition. And you all know about my love for strength training. And so that's naturally where I'm starting. So the past, over the past decade, the fitness industry has become a $30 billion U.S. industry and is in an $87 billion industry worldwide. Within this uh, $30 billion, $18 million of that is boutique. So worldwide, you know, these numbers, we're talking about gyms, we're talking about YMCAs, we're talking about uh, everything in between. Uh, High-end fitness to your boot camp, uh, around the corner that's five dollars or <laughs> whatever it is and boutique uh it really means it's a single brand and even like equinox is buying small brands now so they realize that the big brands aren't even that cool and <laughs> They're following the trend and buying up smaller brands. In fact, they have a pro that's called Project Equinox. It's in New York and it's just for these like boutique minded fitness instructors to uh, incubate their own philosophy. And that Equinox is hoping that they get their hands on the next big thing of, um, and so that's where the marketplace is now. Where I'm personally in this market is just really helping you all make better decisions. So the, the boutique fitness blend, it blends like the affordable and the exciting. Uh, it focuses on experience and community 
as well as the tangible items that we all love about fitness, uh, I personally find these trends fascinating, right? And I enjoy small group training myself. It's become the new happy hour, my new happy hour. And I even hosted a birthday interval fitness class or uh, circuit fitness class at my favorite local studio in Alexandria, which is called Ascend on Mount Vernon Avenue. And, uh, you know, so I like these things too, but you got to pick wisely, seriously. The most important reason to use this guide is because exercise and a positive exercise experience is one of the main ingredients to an effective one, effective approach. Socialization and exercise are basic needs for maintaining happiness in our modern world. So why not get both in one place? Frankly, even though most exercise studios have good intentions, they're not always that great. And that is definitely the case with boutique. So um, going from fringe to mainstream in 20 years, not even, has left the education piece behind. One can become a fitness expert with almost no training and an Instagram account, let alone without the formal training of anatomy and biology. If you're a listener, uh, a a long-time listener, meaning all through season one, you know how I feel about that and that I believe the fitness industry needs to level up to being wellness, um, you know, practitioners, basically. So the most, um, where was I? Okay. The choices that you have in boutique fitness are just as fun or annoying as shopping at a boutique clothing store, really, or finding the perfect restaurant. You can read read all the reviews you want, but you won't find many critical thinkers out there telling you what's legit and who's following through with their promised benefits. Looking for good boutique fitness was like looking for a good foodie group on Reddit, like just frustrating and full of amateurs. I couldn't do it. So I'm looking for critical thinkers out there. And I hope that's why we're here listening to this podcast and like trying to find the best solution for you. Uh, This is a huge, this is a problem. I prepared this guide from experience speaking with coaches, studio owners, and casually surveying surveying my peers. So first, uh, let's go through the five that I'm use, uh, reviewing in this guide. The first one's going to be interval fitness or HIT, high-intensity interval training. The second is kettlebell training. Third, Olympic weightlifting. Four, mega reformer. Five, circuit training or athletic style training. And then I have some notes on like what's next on my list and what I would, if you guys like these guides and like critical thinking about uh, picking out and be, picking out your fitness modality and being a better consumer, let me know so I can uh, go try more classes and write things off and have fun. <laughs> um so let's start with interval fitness. So interval fitness or HIIT, H-I-I-T, high intensity interval training, 
consist of sh- consist of short bursts of high intensity exercise followed by short periods of rest. It's the minimalist version of exercise, but it's also exhausting. Classes are usually 20 to 30 minutes, which is different than a boot camp setup because a hit relies on intervals of rest for effectiveness. Hit is considered strength training in this guide because when done correctly, it can improve an athlete's strength, power, and even combine and even when combined with traditional weightlifting in like the same cycle has been proven to increase strength and power. So it's it's got a lot of potential. And I use the word athletes here because that's where it's really well studied and uh, the I don't know if hit is always appropriate from for the like beginner mindset, which is where I think a lot of class formats get into trouble is that they're advertising to beginners and people willing to try new things. Uh, but they don't have like the foundational background of uh, good aerobic fitness, uh, good um, energy utilization. So I, and like, I don't, it, like weight loss, like you could be doing a lot of jumping around in these classes. Like that's not necessarily comfortable or good or fun or safe. So um, it's that's why I use the term athletes because I believe to really get an edge with HIT, you need some type of athletic training background. Um, the good news is that this method is well studied and it's backed by science. Take a look at the Medium article that I authored on HIT, and you'll be convinced of its benefits and warned of its risk as an exercise method. So. I'm all about assessing risk. So it's in that article. So I won't get into that right now. I've used HIT as a training tool for myself for several years. I have used it very frequently with athletes and used it for aerobic conditioning and returning to sport after injury and helping people return to uh, exercise training as well, exercise and training from an injury or chronic pain, because it's a good tool to show people that they don't have, they can go all out and be safe and not have to do the monotonous waste of time, steady state cardio. So I try to convince people to replace their cardio with interval training. uh, And that's been going on for several years. So as I've mentioned, as I mentioned in the article, This type of strenuous activity can be excellent for a physiology if it's done safely for a sustained period of time. In this category, there's plenty of variation. When I Googled HIT boutique fitness class, I actually found results from, and I was watching a group of uncoordinated adults play tag, two Orange Theory structured sequences, uh, meaning like watching their zones and watching their heart rates. That's usually a quality of HIT is um, measuring, measuring the intensity. Uh, and I have not been to Orange Theory, so I have no comment there. My best advice for finding the right boutique hit class and the experience is to stick with the shorter classes. There's a good chance that a 50 minute interval class is more like a boot camp structure. My local boutique, uh, Ascend Cycle, they do a 30-30 and that's what they call their interval class. Um, so, 
the boot camp structure, I find that label quite annoying. Uh, I find that type of exercise mentality of punishing the body pretty annoying. So we won't get into that. Um, just know if you're going to do HIIT classes, I, I, as a critical thinker, I would not recommend it for beginners. Uh, I would recommend it for people coming off injury if they have the appropriate like um, hand-holding and training atmosphere to learn. Um, but being well-read uh, in, this, in this choice is the absolute best way to ensure positive and effective experience. I have some additional resources in the show notes, including a textbook and a great piece from the New York Times a few years ago that I've held on to, and I didn't know why, but now I'm sending it out as a resource. The next thing on our user's guide for boutique fitness, the strength training edition, is kettlebell training and then Olympic weightlifting. The thing I want to talk about before transitioning into those is the benefits of joining the Movement Pathways community. This is an online community that is free for now that I have curated for... um, effective exercise for people that are worried about injury, reoccurring tightness, injury cycles that you just can't seem to plateau or push past. This happens often um, if you've had surgery, injuries that have even occurred like 10 years ago, they come back. the older millennial generation right now, 33, 36, 37 year olds know exactly what I'm talking about and are certainly older athletes know about this too. Anyways, this stuff accumulates and we have to learn how to manage it to be active and fit and consistent and persistent with those efforts. So the exercises and exercise sequences that I've been prescribing to those with chronic injury. Um, I've been, I've been prescribing these exercises for 10 years. So I'm finally getting them into one place and the community is going to be about learning the exercise skills to manage these cycles. So if you want to transition from being confused about injury or in like advice that you get about managing your body and your fitness to becoming like in control and of your training and understanding your body's response to exercise. This is the place for you. Um, you'll receive insider info on exercise science and longevity science that then people aren't talking about. I mean, they might be in the headlines, how to be younger with exercise and how to like hack your fitness and hack your recovery from exercise, but they're not giving you the real reasons why. And that's kind of where I want to be. I want to be in that space where I'm teaching anyways. So go to the link. It's how to it's jenschwartz.cartra.com forward slash page forward slash movement path. 
Uh, that'll be in the show notes, of course. And you'll know you get to the right place if you see a video that says, do you want the tools to change your body? That's the key to exercising without the pain and frustrations of old injuries is doing the stuff that I'm teaching in the community. As I said, it's free for now. So <sighs> thanks. Um, all right, so we're moving on. Kettlebell training. What is it? It's interesting. It's kind of an athletic discipline of sorts. It's uh, it's it has some roots in Russian weightlifting, and it's I've 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 had I have a good amount of experience with it, but um, the mentality is rich uh, in history. But it's like a modern day form of martial arts. In fact, it was originally coined heavy athletics all the way back in 1855. I think that's a cool name, heavy athletics. The modality is booming today um, in places like New York City and uh, DC where boutique fitness is super hot. And then um, I put some examples of this in my guide and that... They demonstrate the signature kettlebell gym characteristics. So the kettlebell is like a, a hand weight, but it has like a bell shape to it, basically. And the good ones are going to be iron, that they're like, the handle is molded to the bell. The cheap ones are going to have, um, they're going to be glued on. The handles are going to be glued on, and those are actually kind of dangerous, and I do not recommend them. So if you go to a kettlebell gym and you see cheap kettlebells, that's one red flag. <laughs> um, so they even, there's kind of like a cult-like following, which is kind of cute and a sign that this thing is going to grow. But um, I, I used it as a main modality for lifting for probably a year and a half, two years. And I really enjoyed it. So that's why it's in this guide and it's in, that's one reason. The other reason it's in this guide is because, um, I think people, um, can really, uh, do this in small groups and have a lot of fun when you have good coaching. So it's a really good way to be introduced to heavy lifting without actually heavy lifting. I know that sounds kind of silly, but um, it's a good way to be introduced to like true strength training without the uh, stigma of weight machines that people don't enjoy um, without the, I don't know. It's just fun. It's fun. It's fun to challenge yourself with these things. And kind of frustrating to learn, but once you get it, it's really fun. Um, it's interesting because the kettlebell exercises are so popular. They're also seen in CrossFit. And there's a difference between the, the way a traditional kettlebell, Russian kettlebell style is taught and the way that a CrossFit gym might do it. So just be aware of that. Um, I uh, think this like free weight, this iron free weight with the arch handle and round bottom is kind of looks like a little cannonball. But what's really fun about it is that it's very much an 80-20 exercise tool, which means that it's effective um, from a 
mastery level and getting a few very basic foundational moves that can carry over into like multiple areas of core strength, uh, leg strength, shoulder strength. So just learning a few things can go a long way in and done consistently over time can go a long way with kettlebells, which is an 80-20 principle can be very helpful for those that like that resonates with. Um, You're gonna, well, let's see. The, um, I think one of the most incredible features and why it's in this guide is that uh, there's, you'll encounter a lot of creativity along the way with kettlebells. And that's because there's one tool and then you'll see people just do like these flow sets of like six exercises and it turns out to be like cardio and weightlifting all at the same time. Here's the other benefit of learning kettlebells. You get like aerobic fitness and non-aerobic strength training fitness in one workout, which is a big bonus for people. Um, I previously enjoyed it for that reason. And the bigger reason that I, it, it resonated with me is that it was a connection to my athleticism that I missed from competitive soccer during college, because that's how much cardio you can get where you feel like you're pushing yourself like you might during a repetitive sprints at a, in a soccer, um, match. So, but without the wear and tear on my knees. So I, that's why I liked it. So I, I included my colleague, Ryan Jankowitz in this one, uh, for the guide. And he gives, um, some really helpful tips in the guide. And he also has a, uh, online training, uh, set up a protocol at rjkettlebell.com where he teaches people how to use the kettlebell in a private setting which might be a really good option for you before you hit the gym i've also seen people use this as they like learn and how to do it in a small group and then they take it and apply it to their own fitness because like i said it's an 80 20 tool so a few moves is going to take you a pretty long way with uh using kettlebells The trade-offs for using kettlebells is that um, your hands are going to get calloused like any weightlifting, but with kettlebells, it really seems to um, be more so in that direction. And then, uh, especially for me, my wrists were very much a limiting factor. Um, Back, uh, people with back issues, this is probably lower back uh, weakness. This is probably also going to be a limiting factor for learning how to do kettlebells. So you might have to um, take a couple steps back before you learn something like a complex kettlebell swing. And so if you don't know what these movements look like, uh, they're explosive athletic movements. You're going to have shoulder-focused strengthening movements. They have signature moves. Um, I've included some links in the... uh, show notes and the guide. The guide is what you want. You want to download the guide. So head on over and download that so you can see the pictures and decide for yourself. Okay. Trying a new posture for my podcast recording. So if I seem more uh, 
focused or <laughs> into it or intense, that's why. But it's also because we're talking about Olympic weightlifting now, so which is an exciting talking point for me because it's something I've recently experienced. Shout out to those who have been listening because they already know this. Olympic weightlifting was a the main modality for my strength training in 2018. And that's a pretty good reason to have it in this guide. But also a huge reason for this is that the popularity of CrossFit has created a lot of Olympic weightlifting athletes. And that's probably going to continue because the health benefits for sticking with this type of program are just, there's so many. And I'm going to hit on uh, three huge ones that honestly would change by improving these three things with Olympic weightlifting would change your whole entire life, like how your body uh, feels if you were able to harness each one of the benefits that I have um, picked out for Olympic weightlifting and why it needs to be in this guide. So what is it? And uh, it is an athletic discipline. It's uh, somewhat similar to kettlebells in a way. Uh, the two can might be used interchangeably in a um, kettlebell program, an athletic development program, Olympic weightlifting program, powerlifting, all these things can um, move around and they are definitely used in CrossFit as they might not be perfectly executed. They more than likely are not perfectly executed, but um, all of these things are sprinkled around and let's face it, not all of, (laughs) not all of the people working out and spending a ton of time and money working out actually care about their form and have enough interest in investing uh, time and money into the learning side of things um, before taking on uh, I don't know, huge fitness goals and wanting to be healthy and have great, you know, longevity and feeling good for a long time, have these huge goals, but don't spend time on the education, I find that uh, annoying, and I'm sure there's a better word for it. I'm not going to think of it. So the uh, athletic discipline is uh, important to pull away from this definition, and that's because in order to benefit from an, and not get hurt from an athletic discipline, the practice and the mindset and the athlete or the exerciser views and defines their success, all of these things matter um, and contribute to successful athletic development. So if this is your choice of working out, grab and harness and embrace the athletic growth mindset. So this athletic discipline requires um, two lifts, 
However, learning the two lifts, the clean and jerk and the snatch, require a, a huge amount of athleticism. So by learning them, you are also like hitting a ton of strength training objectives and like the glutes, the core. Uh, some, some research even says uh, improves cardiovascular uh, training without doing cardio. Um, Olympic weightlifting can do all of that. So, uh, but just by learning the lifts, like you don't even have to compete to get those. If you actually spend the time and learn the lifts, you, the body and the physique and the metabolic payoff is huge. So, um, essentially those lifts are done with maximum effort and that's where it's judged and where in a competition level. So for the common, uh, everyday boutique participant, we're thinking about, uh, just hitting reasonable numbers. So my clean number was, I think my goal, uh, I ended up doing 105, which was five more pounds than my goal around there. And, uh, it felt pretty dang good. And that was, uh, that's an understatement because it took like six months to get there and (laughs) it was just one number and it's not even a huge number, but, um, the, so the competition and the being rewarded as an athlete does transfer over to the boutique gym atmosphere. However, um, the big reason it has to be in this guide is because of the popularity of CrossFit and learning to do the traditional lifts before a CrossFit investment is made makes a ton of sense to me because these lifts are going to be in there. Um, the female numbers have doubled, uh, as far as enrollment in Olympic weightlifting competition since 2014 have doubled since 2014. And that's just at the competition level. This is where people are spending, I mean, years of their life to be able to get to a competition level. Um, so me and Rachel discuss her training, uh, and what that looks like, uh, on, uh, a podcast that I'll just have to link to in the show notes. It's not coming to me, but the benefits that we can get for mental toughness and mental accomplishment and staying focused are huge. So the, the, the point is, um, that's why it has to be in here. That's why it's important. It's not just because I had a good time doing it for eight months. Um, it's because I, I believe that the investment is worth it and sticking with it um, could be a great boutique modality and a sustainable one, more importantly. So the other big reason this has to be in the guide and something to consider for a training process for yourself is that the research on being strong is just piling up 
scientists are finally, and medical researchers are finally understanding that there's no good medical replacement for exercise and being strong. The strength training specifically slows down the aging process on a mitochondria cellular level to epigenetic changes, which means a gene expression. So if you have the gene for type 2 diabetes, meaning you have a high risk for that, you can potentially change that with exercise. We all know that, but it, not we all know that, sorry. We might not know that, (laughs) but it's, what I'm trying to say is like, that is a big window of change. Cellular day-to-day changes and then changes that pay off in the decades later, epigenetic changes. So the second one I'm going to get very excited about because this is so key, bone health. Olympic weightlifting improves bone health, bone density. We can certainly talk about that for a uh, extended period of time. We meaning me, myself, and I, and my podcast microphone. Um, and I will link to that in the show notes and the guide. That's going to be a special section. I'll put a few more bits on why bone health is so important and like why specifically weightlifting will do that. And then the fun, surprising benefit, and I definitely agree with this, I felt it, was the, the cardio benefits from uh, learning these power lifts, uh, not power lifts, powerful lifts. And that was kind of funny to me. Um, I knew it on an intellectual level and from the like academic level, I've read it and I've seen it in college athletes um, as a coach. And, but feeling it for yourself was is pretty amazing. I have to say I was without doing any cardio and strengthening that whole system. Um, a big surprise for me. Uh, the funny thing is, um, in the research, it's kind of split. So some research has shown that it definitely improves cardiovascular health and training. And some research shows that it did not at all and even um, may have let it decline a little bit. So... Uh, it's funny because you know we can't do anything with that information and say except say oh look at all the possibilities so there you go um one of the other big transfers that makes olympic weightlifting such an attractive model for boutique fitness is uh the athletics athleticism that it it can uh create enhance um, improve all of those things. <laughs> um, and I mentioned the full body workout part, uh, essentially learning how to do Olympic weightlifting will also like make you a better hiker, will make you a better, I don't know, runner. It'll make you a better soccer player. It will make you a better I don't know, run after your kids and guard it. Like it transfers to everything. So, and then, okay, 
the last thing I'm going to rave about, honestly, are the physique changes, the metabolic changes that create the physique changes. And not all Olympic weightlifters have incredible bods, but the ones that do, it's impressive. And that might be more of a genetic thing. Who cares? It's definitely me, Rachel and I both uh, can attest to this benefit. We, um, <clears throat> sorry, both saw some pretty great changes, uh, specifically my legs that, and my stomach actually, um, t- so much more, uh, definition in my abs. And that's not just from the kitchen. It is from nailing down the stability and the technique and the strength needed for Olympic weightlifting. Um, let's see. So I feel like I highlighted it pretty well, so I'm not going to go into any more uh, reasons why you should be doing this because we have another, we have two other uh, modalities to get to. And I will say this, there are some trade-offs with uh, doing Olympic weightlifting, and one of them is the time commitment. Um, It's not always... Uh, going to the gym and being able to progress every time. So that creates, uh, you'll need a good eight-month commitment to see improvement here. Um, And you really can't judge it before then. So I would say that's a trade-off. It's sometimes frustrating I have found it to be mentally tough for me, and I actually had to have a trainer there, and and doing it on my own um, was extremely difficult. I did not, uh, I just didn't do that well doing it on my own, so if um, you know that your budget would only allow for like one class a week, and you would have to do two other sessions on your own, uh, this might and you know, you just know that like that's probably a a, a piece that would hold you back. Um, and then there's a, a big trade off for the hands. Um, again, with, same with the kettlebells, uh, causes a lot of fatigue, and it's just a lot of a lot going through the hands. So if you're, you know, a carpal tunnel person, um, or you've had shoulder injuries in the past, this is something you're gonna wanna. Uh, really consider as a limitation before taking this on. Um, And same with back injuries. Uh, This kind of sport could do amazing things for back strength, or it can do the opposite and just (laughs) totally send you down the wrong way Um, because it it also, you know, it's an athletic discipline. So, um, and there's a lot of bending and a lot of force coming through Um, the spine all at once. So potential benefits are just as high as the potential risk. So lots of trade-offs. So it's, um, I don't know who who it's perfect for. I would say uh, former athletes, um, they're probably going to be into this. Uh, Women who don't want to that want to invest in something that's going to improve their bone mass and they're willing to invest in that. Um, what 
what improves the bone health is also going to improve the muscles. What is also going to improve the metabolic uh, functions of those things, uh, specifically the muscle. Um, and there's a, a lot. Of, we could talk about hormones on this one for a while. I'm not going to. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a commitment, and so I'd say that's one of the trade offs. But the the rewards are huge. Okay, so we're gonna move on to our next um, modality. Actually, we are not going to move on to our next modality uh, because there's gonna be a second part. This is part one of two for the boutique training uh, boutique strength training guide. And that's because to really think about these things critically, I, I, I don't want to overwhelm you with so much information because the, you know, when you log on to these websites like Huffington Post or, you know, even some of the, um, I don't know, Goop or Women's Health they're just giving you the outline. They're giving you a couple bullet points, but they're not going to help you think through these things as a decision. And because you are a listener, you and I both believe that making a good decision is key to think fit, be fit. So um, again, like the trade-offs, um, if you have any questions about those, happy to... Uh, answer those questions and talk through them even a little bit more. If you want to know more about the benefits of some of these things, like I mentioned, bone health, hormones, all these things that are the why exercise feels good and why we need exercise in all of our decades. Um, if you want to talk about those, uh, let's do it. Let's um, just let me know which one is interesting to you and I'll do as much chit-chatting and talking and asking good questions that I can. And if I can't, um, we'll definitely bring someone on that can. Uh, on my lineup for guests coming up, I've got um, some fun ones, potentially a uh, psychotherapist and or a psychologist or a shrink. I don't know. <laughs> um I just call her a colleague and she's pretty amazing. We're going to have another mindset and hypnotherapy guest. Her name is Meredith. I, uh, someone I respect and have been working with for um, um, several years. Uh, and then I also have a holistic nutrition specialist coming on the show. Her name is Crystal. And I don't think I have anyone else lined up as of right now but what if if you've got more questions um just let me know i i am excited about the nutrition piece because um we did a nutrition show uh back in i don't know like november and uh, it got a a good amount of downloads got a good some some great feedback on that so i would love to dive deep it deeper into that and tell you more um and I would like to learn more as well because I know so little. And what else? Um, yeah, I just wanted to wrap this up with the uh, with the shout out to um, some uh, 
the Movement Pathways course, signing up for that, and potentially uh, partnering with, um, you know what, I'll just leave that alone. There's um, been some cool affiliations happening over here in my practice, which is called Impact Your Fitness in Alexandria, Virginia. So uh, we won't bring that up quite yet, but there's a lot of exciting stuff coming down the pipeline, and that's because you guys, um, my listeners, have been generous and helping uh, spread the word. And if you feel so moved uh, by the empowerment from the education from this podcast or from my online community and the emails that you might that you're getting from me please leave a review on itunes because that is what is going to get more people think thinking fit and being fit and creating a better experience for so many people and more health focused people in the world is better for everyone. Anyways, uh, I look forward to hearing from you. And if not, let's uh, continue this guide next next release uh, later in April for part two, which is going to be uh, one of my f- a really fun modality called the mega reformer. And then one of my all time favorite ways to teach exercise, which is like circuit training, athletic training. So, all right. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and comment, like, dislike. Just give me some feedback on Facebook and Instagram at impact underscore your underscore fitness.